Welcome to the first episode of our Think Differently and Deeply podcast series. My name is Glenn Whitman, and I direct the Center for Transformative Teaching and Learning at St. Andrew's Episcopal School. This series features authors from the upcoming volume of the CTTL's internationally recognized publication, Think Differently and Deeply, which has been distributed to over 10,000 teachers, school leaders, and policymakers worldwide, and that focuses on translating mind-brain education science research to the classroom. Today, I'm really excited to be talking with two colleagues, Dr. Ian Kelleher, who's the head of research for the CTTL, and co-author of NeuroTeach, Brain Science and the Future of Education, and Judy Key, who is the intermediate school head at St. Andrews. This episode will focus on the work Ian and Judy have been doing in leading the development of a new research-informed daily schedule for the school that will launch in the 2018-2019 school year. Uh, Welcome, Ian and Judy, to our first podcast. Hello, Glenn. Hi, Glenn. So uh, my my obvious first question for you both, as you've been on this now almost 18-month journey, is, is why now? Why is the school transitioning and transforming its daily schedule for third through 12th grade students on the post-Oak campus. We've been really fortunate to have the CTTL on our campus to help us look at the different educational strands, such as sleep, uh, memory tension, cognitive load, and this schedule is actually just a culmination of all that research. It really is a testament to what we value as a learning institution. We know um, what makes great teaching in our classrooms and on our best days, really getting the kids to think hard and that involves getting them new knowledge, but also having them use that knowledge in creative ways and and, um, taking an idea and really going deep into it and playing with uh, their thinking and ideas in class. And that's hard to do in 40 minutes. We needed longer blocks of time. And doing that, when we do it well, it's exhausting. And, and so it, it's hard to do that for seven classes a day. So we needed a schedule that had fewer classes, but longer classes. So my next question then has to be, what's going to be different for students next year that is not possible or currently um, part of this year's schedule for our third through 12th grade students? One thing they'll notice is, is that as they prepare for each, uh, each day of school, they will have to do fewer subjects of homework. Because in the day ahead, they'll probably have three or four different subjects to wrap their heads around. And then during their school day, they have four things to go deeply into. I don't know if you've been, uh, uh, if you go to one of our back to school nights and, and, and the parents are bewildered by how many things our kids have oh, to do on sure. one day. Yeah. Just this <laughs> overwhelmingness. So I, th- I think the kids will be able to, that, that focusing on a fewer tasks really, really well will not only help them learn, but it would just help their well being. And we've done things like have 10 minute breaks between classes. And uh, uh, just so they can have some uh, downtime and there are office hours, again, more times for face-to-face moments uh, with, with teachers, all around better learning and better well-being. Great. You know, I, I see the word uh, office hours on the schedule, which to me brings me back to my own college days, right? Uh, the office hours of my professors. Why was there such an intentional placement of office hours and multiple times in the week? What was your rationale behind that dedicated time? 
Yeah. I just remember my schooling days when I had to, when I had my study halls and I had to go search for, you know, for instance, my chemistry teacher, but my chemistry teacher was in class and so I could never uh, uh, meet with him. And so having this dedicated office hours, I know that my chemistry teacher will be free in, uh, to be able to answer the questions I need to, as opposed to in the evening struggling with a problem and trying to uh, tackle that on my own. And in the middle school, um, you won't see office hours, but you, you will see more study halls and advisor time, which will be used flexibly, because we know those face-to-face -face moments between students and teachers are so important. And when you look at St. Andrews, you look in the classrooms, and so many of the great conversations and learning moments happen in, in those impromptu times, where there's an idea on a student's mind, and they're just thrashing it out. When they go to college, we want them to be the ones who seek out the professor and the office hours and all that extra face-to-face -face times because that's normal to them. Fantastic. With that said, I think I'm going to probably target this question to Ian. I know you wrote a great book called NeuroTeach, and I think I know the co-author <laughs> uh, around it. Um, but what, what, what research, what are the two or three you know, research buckets or even researchers um, from some of the leading universities in the country that really helped drive you know, some of the, the committees thinking about this work? We understand more about learning and, uh, and, and memory. And we learned from uh, people like Robert Bjork that, uh, and, and Mark McDaniel, who's a you know, big friend of the center, works with us in our summer academy, uh -huh. wrote uh, Make It Stick, that a little piece of forgetting is actually useful to the learning process if we use it right. So that break of a day between classes um, and, and just allowing yourself to get a little bit rusty so it feels a little bit awkward when a teacher then gives you some formative assessment on it, that act of difficult, challenging retrieval helps it stick better in the long term. So that sort of freed us up from feeling the class has to be uh, um, uh, every day. We also know that, that the learning really happens when students think hard. And thinking hard requires building some prior knowledge and then using that knowledge in, in, in novel context. And that that doesn't happen in 40 minutes. And 65 minutes seems to ask from our talking with the uh, 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 kids and teachers that 65 minutes seems like the sweet spot of time, like the Goldilocks zone of time. Not too long, not too short. You can maintain focus for 65 minutes. We've gotten to know Denise Pope, who's a professor at Stanford University really well. And the importance of looking after well-being during the student's day so that they can be up for thinking hard. And so one of the things we've done is 10-minute breaks. Uh, an hour for lunch, uh, office hours and study hall and advisor time, a lot of face-to-face -face time with adults. And then uh, maybe the most uh, interesting thing is, is Wednesday morning. We have a late start Wednesday morning. But wait, uh, you, you already start late, <laughs> don't you? But no, the research, but, but we start on a perfectly great time. So, so uh, what time do you currently start in this school year? We, uh, we start around 8.35 uh, in, in this school year. We're going to um, start uh, with morning meeting about the same time next year. Morning meeting is going to start at 8.30 next year uh, because, you know, the research on, uh, on sleep is so compelling that right. if, you're, if you're starting earlier than that, you're just, you're wasting first period. That's, <laughs> that's not going in. Um, but then you mentioned you might be one day a week starting even later than 8.30? Kids can still arrive at the normal time in class uh, for intermediate school and middle school. Uh, there'll, there'll be programming available. Um, upper schoolers can come in, uh, hang out, relax in the student center, shoot some hoops, work with friends on, on projects. Or they could just come in 
a little bit later and just have a slightly later start. Class will start at 9.35 uh, on, on Wednesday. And research suggests that th that one effect can really help over, overall learning because it, it, it just helps cater for some, for, for some, uh, for some downtime, for some well-being. The really interesting thing it does is it gives the teachers, the other learning brain in the classroom, some space. What the research and schedule says is, is that the real biggest difference is not exactly how you use, how you carve up the time, but how you use it. And, and so putting time aside for high quality professional development, you know, the CTL leaders in professional development in, in, in the world, in the US and beyond, how do we use some of that stuff with our own faculty and carve out some time to get better at great teaching? So, so Judy, as I've watched, uh, you know, uh, the evolution of the schedule, it has a little feeling that we've we've learned a little from what the intermediate school schedule currently is, and they're thinking about the time of day and how teachers should be interacting. So, so can you speak to me a little bit about it? In many ways, I think the intermediate school is already living this schedule in in some ways, and uh, and and it's had this sort of upward push in a very organic way. Uh, but I would love to know your perspective as the head of the intermediate school um, and what you've seen for that age group, but also what you're hopeful for for other uh, ages and teachers um, as they get to experience something that you've been living with your division for now a couple of years. Yeah, it's been interesting trying to figure out how long a period should be. You know, what's good? Eighty minutes, forty minutes, sixty minutes. Mm -hmm. But then when we looked at our intermediate school and the elementary school lesson planning, the lessons really geared towards that 60 minute period. And so our kids are used to having 60 minute lessons where there's an opening or introduction, there's some whole class instruction with some group work with individual time and the reflection at the end. And so I think that's one aspect that we pulled from the intermediate school. The other aspect that we understand and know from the elementary school is the uh, social emotional uh, side of the curriculum. And so uh, being able to have morning meeting, closing meeting, reflection time, all that uh, really plays into building community, understanding one another. And so as we looked at middle school and upper school, we realized or wanted just as much teacher and student face-to-face -face time to talk about some of the issues that arise uh, in a community. How else do you see, you know, the, the committee and the teachers preparing for the new schedule, right? They're going to meet with their students fewer times but for longer class periods. What professional development might students or parents not see that's actually going to be happening um, for the faculty over the next six months? Which is just really an ongoing piece. We've, we've been working in this way for the, for the last 10 years that we've been working with the CTTL has been doing its work. And, and so um, we're not really asking teachers to, to change how they're teaching radically. We're giving them the time that's really fitting the way we've been trying to teach for the last few years. It's now actually, it's like uh, finally getting some clothes that are gonna fit. Uh, and then all through next year, one of the really exciting things about this Wednesday morning time is, is, is ongoing time to, to work on what does this great class period look like in 11th grade science or in seventh grade history or in um, uh, uh, middle school language class. It's going to look different uh, in different classes, and teachers need time to play with that. The ideas are already out there from how the CTTL has been working with the teachers, 
And so uh, the schedule gives us this great opportunity to do a, uh, an even better job in professional development we're already doing with our teachers. Fantastic. A few more questions that, I, that I've been percolating on, and I actually want to come back to something I asked earlier. As I, as I look at the schedule and how time has been designed, I, I feel like it, it lives the mission to, to both know and inspire through exceptional teaching. Can you guys talk about that? How do you see this schedule as allowing for increased personalization? And that could be just through conversations um, or allow kids to pursue their own passions or to be curious or merely just take better care of themselves. I remember when I taught middle school math in that 40-minute period, the part that I didn't really get to do as a teacher was to work individually with each student. Because by the time you'd look at homework, answer homework questions, teach the main lesson and do one or two examples, it's time to transition to the next class. And so I've always wished that I had another 20 minutes where I can actually sit down next to some of the students and actually work out some of the harder problems mm -hmm. that are in the textbook and to really dive deep. And so I think that's one aspect that I see as positive in our schedule. Great. The thing is just looking at what we're doing already that was really important and, and making more time for it. So a bit like the professional development, we're doing uh -huh. a really good job, we need to make more time. We look at the high quality conversations of, of, of teachers and students, sometimes going over stuff that was sticky, sometimes just exploring way beyond the classroom and knowing that we, we have to make time for that. We have hardworking, curious students here. So, so how do we honor that work? But then I wonder if we have all these big blocks of time and we really value students in such a holistic way, how is that gonna change us as a school and what we value and look for and how do we honor it and assess it. There's such opportunity to do things beyond our regular curriculum right now. And so I'm really intrigued as to what does this lead us to do as a school because we've created these great opportunities to explore our curiosity. And exactly what that happens, we don't know, but it's really kind of an exciting point to know that we have that journey to look forward to. And I think the schedule also allows flexibility. Um, there's 10 minute transitions between classes. There are moments in the middle of the day, large chunks where students and faculty can get together. We call this borrowing time. And so as a teacher, sometimes we feel like, oh, I wish I had another five minutes just to wrap this up so I can give last minute instructions or aid. I think our schedule provides that flexibility in it. Great, great. So in your article that you uh, that will be coming out in the next volume of Think Differently and Deeply, I, um, I'm quoting you guys now. I don't know who wrote it, either Ian or Judy owns the line. Um, the, it said, the research on school schedules is patchy and inconclusive. Oh, that's me. Okay. <laughs> so how, you know, how will you measure success in your first year, knowing that there's no body of research that says, or magic box that we opened, that you guys opened up and said, build this schedule. This is what's going to make the difference for St. Andrews students in terms of creating a rigorous school and curriculum, but also a highly supportive um, school and curriculum. There's no magic box that says this is the perfect schedule, but there is research that says the schedule should include and allow for these things. So we've talked about the length of time. We've talked about uh, how we use that time to get 
to get to deep learning. There's lots of great research around the importance of, of, of strong relationships to underpin everything. And so we need to build that time in. There's, there's lots of great research about uh, high quality teaching makes a difference. So building in time intentionally for high quality professional development uh, pays back. And so, so whilst there's no per se research on the magic schedule, we are taking all the best bits of research that will inform great teaching and learning and putting those into our schedule. So we have the, uh, we, we, we have the ingredients. You know, it's like making, making a great cake. If you, add, if you add chocolate and cream and ice cream and uh, something's good going to come out at the end of it, no matter, no matter, <laughs> no, no matter what. But we've actually designed it in, 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 the, in the best way with the best ingredients we can. Uh, what would success look like? I think success would be the sense of normalcy, that it feels right, that it fits us. And it wouldn't surprise me, just because when we think about how many stakeholders and how long we've talked to them about this. You know, we've talked to uh, parents and SAPA, we've talked to uh, our, um, uh, students and student leaders and CTDL fellows and teachers throughout the school over an extended period of time. And remember the first time we showed it to, showed it to our colleagues, showed it to our faculty, and, and the nodding and acceptance and like how, how just like normal, and they said, yeah, I could see how this could work. You know, there are a few kinks, it's in the early stages, but, but, but uh, I think success would just be the fact that it's not shocking, that it feels like it's the schedule we always wanted to help us teach the way we knew we wanted to teach. Great, great. And Glenn, just from a parent point of view, I have two girls here. I have a sixth grader and have a ninth grader. Sure. And from a parent point of view, I would like just our kids to have more time to sleep and sleep on time. <laughs> um, um, and so if they're able to focus on fewer subjects per night and really dive deep in those, but yet be able to go to bed before midnight, I think that'll be a win. Uh, uh, as a parent, but also having uh, allowing uh, my children to not make the choice of you know do I have to go into do I do clubs versus athletics you know I think the schedule allows time f for a student to delve into a lot of different areas of school whether it's in athletic or whether it's in uh, the club area or academics and so they'll be able to choose all of them and really um, uh, strive for their passion. Great. Yeah, uh, I actually have one last question spurred by a, a comment you made, Ian. You, 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 know, you mentioned um, students and the, and the CTTL Student Research Fellows. Um, you know, in the end, you know, that's who we're here for. I mean, John Holden, our former assistant head, said, would always ask the question, who are we doing this for? Ultimately, the schedule um, is for the students. So I'd love to elaborate just a little of the important role, the student voice and the student perspective and the student research that was conducted um, um, was used or how it was used to inform the schedule iterations. We had... We were talking about this, the, the new schedule with our, a, a group of um, CTTL student fellows a couple of weeks ago, and, and, and the seniors were mad because, <laughs> because they said, I can't believe we're not going to live this schedule. It's so good. I so want this schedule. Uh, and another one held it up and flapped it and said, people uh, ask me, what does, the, what, does the, what does the CTTL do? And I, and I wave this at them and say, this is what they do. Uh, and the things they... Uh, so, so their input all the way through has been really has 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 been really important, and and that constant reminder of of as every minute is precious within a uh, within a schedule, and but there was a constant reminder of um, 
in striving to pack so many different things into one day, we reach this point of cognitive overload and the end result is that we're doing 20 things but we're not doing any of them well. And so because of these conversations with students, we ended up with four classes a day. And the classes are a length of time which is manageable and reasonable to get in deep without just draining the students' attention too much. We ha they gave them uh, no more than two classes in a row before an extended time, uh, like, a, like a recess or, a, uh, or, an, uh, or an office hours, just to give them some, some mental downtime to recover for the next batch of hard thinking. Uh, and so when they saw the schedule, they realized that they had been listened to. <laughs> they realized that we'd given them a schedule that lets them think hard and deeply engage in their, in their school day. And so I think it all stems from the fact that they're realizing that our new schedule has been this, this collaborative thought exercise where what they need to be successful at school has been listened to and we've delivered on that. Excellent. Well, I congratulate you guys on leading the charge. Uh, I know it's certainly, I know it's not easy. I, I look forward to the, the new schedule. If you want to learn more about Ian and Judy's perspective on this journey the school has gone on to create a new schedule, uh, look for their article in the upcoming volume three of Think Differently and Deeply. But I just want to thank you guys for your time. And uh, hopefully we'll have a return podcast in about 12 months and you can report back on the experience from a teacher perspective as well as from the student perspective. Thanks, Clem. Yeah, looking forward to it. Great. Thank you, guys. At St. Andrews, we often end our classes with some form of exit ticket or active retrieval of information that was a focal point of the day's class. We know from mind, brain, and education science research that if students don't start recalling or using their learning, they are bound to forget it. So in that research-informed spirit, here is your exit ticket for today's podcast. If you are a teacher or school leader, what elements of St. Andrews' new schedule might you want to integrate into your school's daily schedule? If you are a parent, which elements of the new St. Andrews schedule do you think will be most beneficial for your child? Tweet your answer to at the CTTL. We look forward to seeing what you come up with.